Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. Today we're going to start a uh, new sermon series on the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And the theme of the book is Mature in Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about. You know, maturity in Christ is a journey. Many of you have heard the Great Commission in Matthew 28 to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded. And Jesus says, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. Um, the part that's always struck me, and we've heard that verse you know, quoted and read and preached and so on, but it's that teaching them to obey. And I go, yeah. As a Christian, I'm still learning to obey God. You know, I've I've personally took that step where I've put my trust in Christ. I know I'm saved. I I went public with my testimony. I've been baptized. I'm now learning to obey, and I'm still learning to obey God in every area of my life. That's what maturity is. It's learning to obey God in every area of your life. It's a journey. Uh, You never, ever get there. It's not a destination where one day you wake up and say, did it, done, nailed it. Uh, But it is a journey, and it's a process, and that's what I want you to realize. Um, Today we're going to talk about the first step of that journey, the beginning of a journey of coming to know Christ. There's a world-famous violinist named Fritz Kressler. He passed away in 1962. He earned a fortune uh, at concerts and writing compositions, but he was a very generous person. He gave most of it away. So when he discovered a very exquisite violin on one of his trips, he wasn't able to buy it. But later he returned because he had raised enough money to meet the asking price. When he got there, he discovered that that exquisite violin that he found on his journeys had been sold to a collector. Well, he found out who had bought it, the name of the collector, and he went and knocked on that guy's door. And he says, I, I've been told you've got this exquisite violin. I would love to see it. Sure, I'll show you. It's a beauty. I, I, you know, I found it. It's, it's a great piece, and, and I don't want to sell it. And he was very discouraged because, you know, Fritz really wanted this uh, violin. And so disappointed, he's about to leave, and he has an idea. He looks at the collector and he says, can I play that instrument one more time before it's consigned to silence? And the collector nodded his head, go ahead. And so this expert world violinist takes this exquisite violin and he begins to play. And he plays some of the most beautiful music you've ever heard. And when he gets done playing it, the the music stirred the emotions of the collector. And the collector looked at this world-class violinist and he said this, He said, I have no right to keep that to myself. He says, it's yours, Mr. Kressler. Take it into the world and let people hear it. Well, I want to tell you something. We have something that the world needs to hear. And that is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus saves. God so loved the world that he sent his son. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he was buried, he rose again. Jesus saves. It's powerful. It really, really is. 
You know, when I think about my journey, I was 17 years old. I was in high school. And God used a youth group that loved me, that prayed for me, that, you know, told me about Christ, that invited me to church. Danny was one of those in that youth group. That's how long we've known each other. Starting to feel old. Uh, But it's powerful how God uses people to reach people. And he does. And that's what I want you to see. A youth group of friends prayed for me. They invited me to church. I came on an Easter Sunday. I went back the next week. And the next, I started coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And after six months of hearing the Word of God, it convicted my heart. And I knew that I needed to be saved. And I asked asked the Lord to save me. And that's my testimony. Uh, The question I want to ask you is, What about you? Do you have a testimony? Do you have a story about how Christ changed your life? And even more than that, who shared the good news about Christ with you? I want you to think about that as we read Colossians 1, uh, beginning in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has told us about your love in the Spirit. Here Paul wrote a letter to a church in the city of Colossae, and he wants them to know that he thanks God every time he prays for them. And he tells them that when he prays, He remembers certain things about them. He says, we have heard of your faith in Christ and the love you have for all the saints. Can I tell you that when you read Scripture, particularly when you read the letters uh, in the New Testament, uh, this is not the first time Paul mentions it. He mentions it in other places as well. But it's sort of like, I think of it as an unofficial litmus test. That when you point to someone and say, hey, I, I heard you're a Christian that there's a couple of things you can look at. Vertically, you can see that they now have faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, They now profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed He is the Son of God. They believe that He died on the cross for their sins. They believe in their heart that He rose from the dead on the third day. They believe He's Lord, He's Messiah, He's Christ. And so they have a faith in Christ. And then horizontally, They have a love for all the saints. You know, Paul said it this way in uh, Galatians. He says, faith expressing itself through love. And that's what it is. So if you really want to know what does a Christian look like, then just ask yourself, okay, does this person profess a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do they believe who he is, what he's done, and they realize why he's did it? You know, Jesus is Lord. What did he do? He died on the cross for my sins to save me. That's why he did it. And so you have this faith in Christ, 
And because of your faith in Christ, it is expressed through love for people. You know what? When you can look at your life and say, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You're the Son of God. And that faith is expressed through love for other people. That's your litmus test. Very simple for a Christian. You don't have to get out this long questionnaire. You don't have to interrogate them very long. Just say, look, do you believe? And is there a love that you have for God's people and for people in general because God has changed you? Well, Paul saw that when he looked at the believers in Colossae. He saw their faith in Christ. He saw their love for the saints. That was some of the evidence that he could point to that they truly were saved. What else did he hear? He says, we have uh, also heard of the hope that you have. Uh, that's reserved in heaven for you. We, you've heard about this hope and the word of truth, the gospel that's come to you. So they heard about the hope through the gospel. I love what Paul said to the Romans in Romans 1.16. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation for anyone who believes. Think about that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to anyone who believes. The gospel is the story of Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. What did He do? He came and He died on the cross for your sins and mine, and He rose again because death could not contain Him. The devil could not defeat Him. And as a result, what? Why did He do it? Christ Jesus came into the world, Paul told Timothy, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners like you and me. 1 Timothy 1.15 And so you and I realize, why did, why did Jesus do it? He did it to save sinners like you and me. Uh, that's awesome. So we've heard about this hope through the gospel. The gospel is a story of hope that we were broken. We were sinners. We were lost. We were without God in our lives. We were a mess. And then Christ came. And He lived the life that we should have lived. And He died the death that we should have died. And He took our place. And now, the good news is, He offers the gift. The gift of eternal life to whoever will trust and believe and follow Him. So we have a faith in Christ. We have a love for the saints. We have a hope through the gospel. And then it says this. It says in verse 6 that this gospel is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. What amazes me is pause just a minute and think about this gospel of Jesus Christ. It has a life-changing message. It transcends Somerset, Kentucky. It transcends Pulaski County. Think about how this gospel has gone around the world. Think about all the people that have heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And not just right here, right now, but go back through the timeline of history. And think about all the generations that have heard the gospel. This is a message truly that the world needs to hear. And in Paul's day, when the gospel left Jerusalem and Judea and went to Samaria and ultimately the uttermost parts of the earth, 
Here is Paul, a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing all over the world. And you know what? It still is, and it still does. It goes back to the missionary mandate. Remember the Great Commission to make disciples of what? All nations. Mark's gospel said, preach the gospel to every creature. Um, Luke says to proclaim forgiveness through his name. John said, uh, Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Uh, Luke said in the book of Acts chapter 1, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power to be my witnesses where in jerusalem judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth this is a message that the world needs to hear the gospel is bearing fruit and growing all around the world think about how the gospel's changed your life think about how the gospel's changed other people's lives that are sitting right here with you right now think about uh, who shared the gospel with you think about how god changed their life And it made an impression on you. And God used them to share the gospel with you. And because you saw a difference that it made in their life, you thought, well, maybe it can make a difference in mine as well. The gospel is bearing fruit and it's growing all over the world. And then it gets real personal. He says in verse 7, you learned this from Epaphras. In other words, who told you about Jesus? Paul is talking to a group of believers in a city and he traced it down to one man, Epaphras. Now, you know, we always look at the numbers. We always look at the crowds. But let's talk about the power of one. Let's talk about the power of one. God wants to use you to take the gospel to someone, somebody, and maybe even some group. And it's not up to you to worry about the results. He wants you to be faithful. That's why Epaphras, he took the gospel. He shared it with people in Colossae. And they began to hear it and believe it. And they got saved. And you know what? Paul doesn't talk about how successful he was. He simply says, Epaphras is our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ. The one thing that I want you to realize about Epaphras is he was faithful. Think about that. He was faithful. He did what God wanted him to do. He didn't let anything stop him. He simply was faithful to do what the Lord had told him to do. And then Epaphras, after he shared the gospel and saw what God did in people's lives, then he tells Paul about their love in the Spirit. There again, we've come full circle, haven't we? He started out talking about their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and their love for all the saints. And I told you that in the book of Galatians, Paul said that faith expresses itself through love. And here we come full circle, the proof, the evidence that he knows they're saved as he says Not only did you hear this gospel and believe it, but we've seen the love that comes from the Spirit of God in your life. You know, the Bible teaches that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit pours His love into your heart. And now you have a love for God and a love for people that you didn't have before. But now you do. Why? 
because God has come into your life and he has changed you from the inside out. And that's what makes all the difference. That's where true change happens. God comes in and he changes your heart. He comes in and he pours out his spirit into you. And now you have a love for him and a love for others that wasn't there before. I remember when I got saved. I remember that, that something was different inside of me. I mean, I woke up and it's like everything was new. When I looked at life, I saw things with greater clarity. Everything felt more vibrant. And, and I noticed that whenever I went through my day, I would spontaneously pray for people that I didn't even know. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. That's not where I'm coming from. But I, what I want you to know is I became immediately aware that something had changed in my life. Something was different in my life. And you know why it was different? Because someone was now in my life. Christ in me. That's what it's all about. How do, we, how do we grow in spiritual maturity? How do we mature in Christ? It starts with that first step of the journey. A new beginning where you come to Christ and you receive Him into your life. And now you have a love for God. You have a love for people that wasn't there before. And you might say, well, I feel like I do love people. When you realize that love is not an emotion. Love is not something that you have to conjure up and feel. Love is a choice. Jesus defined love, okay? He, he said that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And that's what Christ did for us. To, to, for, for Jesus to define love, he points to the cross. For God so loved the world, what? He gave his one and only son. And what did he do? He ultimately died on that cross for you and me. He laid down his life. And it was at great price. It was at great cost. It is a sacrificial love. And that's what's so amazing. Well, with that said, let's bring it home. The gospel of Jesus Christ gives you and I a new beginning. And I want to give you three questions that we need to ask ourselves uh, when we think about this new beginning in life. Number one, have you begun your journey with Christ? I don't want to assume anything. Have you begun the journey with Christ? Can, can you point to a time in your life when everything changed? Do you remember when you literally came to Christ and said, Lord, I know that I need to be saved. Lord, I'm a sinner. I know that I need you in my life. And you, you asked him, you invited him to come in, and he came into your life, and everything changed. You know what? If you're a Christian, that's your story. Now, the details are a little different for everybody. Because everybody can say, well, here's where I was. Just like Danny shared in his children's sermon. Everybody carries these labels with them. And you can share your labels and I can share mine. But when we come to the moment where we realize who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and we ask him to come into our life, that's when everything changes. That's the story. The details are a little different for everybody. You can share your experience and I can share mine. But that's the story of what happens. Have you begun your journey with Christ? Number two, is the gospel bearing fruit in your life? I tell you what, even as I say that, that's convicting, is it not? Is the gospel bearing fruit in your life? 
You know, the, the gospel is the power of salvation to anybody who believes. We are walking around as messengers and we've received this message that not only changed our life, but it can change anybody's life. And God wants you to take that seed and He wants you to share it. Because when that seed falls into the right soul, guess what? It will produce change in someone's life and you can't know who, who who that'll be sometimes people are receptive sometimes people are not and quite frankly sometimes you share christ with people and you love them and you pray for them and then you forget about it because life just takes over and you keep doing what you're doing and years can go by and something that you said something that you did can stick with them until the moment comes to fruition in their life when the Holy Spirit takes that seed that you've planted and all of a sudden it changes their life. You never know when they'll need it. And that's why you need to share it. Share it now. Share it, share it right now because they may not need it today, they may not need it tomorrow, but they may come to a realization someday when they realize, I need this. And you were faithful. You were there. You shared the gospel with them. Is the gospel bearing fruit in your life? And then number three. Who will hear the good news about Christ from you? Who will hear the good news about Christ from you? Obviously, if you're saved, somebody shared Christ with you. But the real question is, who are you going to share Christ with? Who is going to hear from you what the Lord has done in your life. We have a powerful message. It contains the power of God, and it's meant to be shared, and the world needs to hear it. What are you going to do to do your part? Just be faithful like Epaphras. Don't worry about somebody else. Just be that one person that's faithful, and you share what God has done in your life. And just see what God does with it. Well, here's what I want to say to you today. As we look at this journey in Colossians about maturity in Christ, it starts with, it's a journey. And it starts with the first step. And what I want to ask you today is, have you begun that journey? Have you received Christ into your life? Is He Lord of your life? If not, it's my prayer today that you'll take that first step of faith. If you've never come to the realization that you need Him, but you're hearing my words right now and it's clicking and the light bulb's going off, then maybe God is speaking to you. And He's saying, I want you to turn from your life of sin and I want you to turn and trust me and I want you to follow me. And simply make that decision. I've decided to follow Jesus. And if you have made that decision... You need to make it public. And baptism is how we do that. Baptism is how we publicly uh, share our faith that we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now that I believe that He did that for me, I'm now not the, the same person. I am dead to my old life of sin, and I've been raised by the power of God to walk in newness of life. Maybe you need to take that next step and follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe, maybe you don't feel connected. Maybe you need to get involved in a small group Bible study. We've got several. 
uh, right before this service. It's called Sunday School Small Group Bible Studies where you can plug in, you can get to know people, you can learn more about God's Word, and you can share your life with other people. And they know you by name, and they pray for you, and they love you. Maybe God is calling you to serve. Maybe He wants you to be a faithful servant just like Epaphras. And you need to take that next step and say, Lord, I know what you want me to do. Now I'm just going to trust and follow you and be faithful. Whatever the Lord is wanting you to do today, I encourage you to take that first step or that next step. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.